Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Merry Christmas. Welcome to New Life's video presentation of the Christmas Day worship time. Thank you for joining us. I know you're probably with your family right now, or maybe you're on your own. Maybe you're with friends. Wherever you are, whether uh, you're part of the New Life family or whether you're part of the greater family of humanity that's somewhere across the globe and you tuned in on the internet, we welcome you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day we celebrate his birth, and we're so grateful for that birth. If it wasn't for Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, None of us would really have any meaning or purpose for being alive. But because Jesus came to the earth, we have meaning and purpose not only now, but also forever. Today, we're going to read a familiar scripture passage, and then one maybe that isn't so familiar. Uh, The first one comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. I'd like to turn there as we reflect on what happened 2,000 years ago, just about, when Jesus came to the earth. And uh, it was a very unusual situation because the God of the universe, the creator of everything that exists, decided that he would come to the earth as a human being so that we human beings could be redeemed. That means freed from our slavery to sin and death. And when he came, he didn't come with pomp and circumstance. I mean, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And yet he didn't come as an earthly king in the sense that he wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born of the king and queen of Israel. He was born of a couple of peasants named Mary and Joseph. And of course, Mary is Jesus' mother, but Joseph is really Jesus' stepfather because we are told in the scriptures that it was the Holy Spirit um, who caused Mary to be pregnant. And that's the reason why Jesus is the Son of God. And it's how he became a a man. It's how God became flesh and lived among us, as we're told in John chapter 1. But as we look to chapter 2 of of Luke, we're going to read a little bit of background. In the first eight verse or seven verses, it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. So we see that this was a historic event. What I mean by that is some people say Jesus was a myth or a legend, but we know better than that. Uh, Luke anchors the time for us by saying that Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome at that time. Quirinius was actually the governor of Syria. And at that time, uh, we, can, we can date that plus or minus, you know, B.C., we call B.C. in, in A.D., Um, 10 or 15 years plus or minus because of the reigns of these two emperors. So Jesus' birth took place somewhere, as we know, around uh, the first century, year zero. Um, Then it says that Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. And this is a very important thing because Bethlehem is the hometown of King David. And David is the one from whom the Messiah of Israel was said by the prophets to be coming. So Jesus was born of a descendant of David. 
And that's a very important matter because if he's going to fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament to be the Messiah, that has to be true. And it is. So Jesus was born, as I said, not in pomp and circumstance, but in the humble circumstances of a stable. He was born in a manger because there wasn't any place available in the local inn. Of course, since the census had been required and everybody who was a descendant of David had to go back to Bethlehem, it must have been a really crowded place, sort of like Cooperstown, New York was this past summer when I went there for the Hall of Fame induction. I had never seen so many people in a small town. I mean, literally, the town's smaller than Butler, Pennsylvania, and it seemed like there were 10,000 people on Main Street. I'm sure it seemed like that in Bethlehem when Mary and Joseph came in, desperate to find a place for Mary to rest. And of course, the only place available was the local stable, probably out behind the inn. We don't know for sure. And Mary had the baby, and no one was there. No one really knew about the birth except for a handful of shepherds. And we probably are familiar with the account, but let's read it once again anyway. Here's what it says. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I've always loved that last statement, which were just as they had been told. So many times in our lives we anticipate a big event it never lives up to what we think. I mean, we plan this great vacation. We're going to go see some site that we've never seen before. And when we get there, it's a disappointment. Or maybe we've been anticipating a break in our life. We've been working really, really hard. And we're going to just take a little bit of time off. But once we've sat around for a couple of days, we're ready to go back to work again. It seems like nothing ever ends up being exactly the way we seem it was going to be or thought it was going to be or hoped it was going to be. But the shepherds glorified God because everything was exactly the way they were told. And, and amazing, you know, they had been told by an angel, so you could probably guess that it was going to be that way. But they were amazed and they praised God. And when they saw the baby Jesus for the very first time and when they recognized that they were looking at the Messiah, they did what I think all of us would do in that situation. They went and told everybody they could. I'm sure they were pounding on the doors of the homes and maybe they went to that local inn that was overcrowded and they just shouted, the Messiah is here, the Messiah is here. We don't know how many people woke up. We don't know how many people went to see. But we, what we do know is 2,000 years later, hundreds of millions of people trust that little baby who grew to be the only perfect man who ever lived. 
and who redeemed us from sin. I want to turn to a passage of Scripture. It's in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, which comes at the birth of Jesus from a slightly different way. Here's what it says. It says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. On this Christmas day, I'm sure we all receive some presents and maybe some really nice presents. But what we find in Galatians chapter 4 is we were all under the law. The law of Moses condemns everybody because nobody can keep the law. I mean, all of us are lawbreakers. We might think we're good people or relatively good people or even better people than most people. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to fulfilling the law, the 600 plus points of the law of Moses, or even the laws of our culture, um, none of us are perfect. We, we break the law, and that makes us lawbreakers. It makes us sinners. It makes us slaves, according to the Apostle Paul, slaves to sin and slaves to death. And yet, when Jesus came as that little baby, He came to bring us the greatest gift of all, freedom. True freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Freedom for a life that is truly life. In fact, as we talked about in worship a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about John 1.1, Jesus came to bring us life. That life is zoe, not just bios, not just breathing life, not just heart beating life, not just a brain that processes information life, but the life that is truly life now and forever, God's life in us. The life that enlivens our spirit by the Holy Spirit. The life that gives us the heartbeat of God in our hearts. And the life that allows our soul to be aligned with His will. And I don't know if you noticed, but Paul says, since we are children of God, adopted into the family when we were born again by trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord, what that means is we are heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, we're going to inherit everything. Everything that belongs to our Father belongs to us. And one day... In eternity, we will experience that. But right here and now, on this Christmas day in 2016, we get to experience that new life, that life that is truly life, perhaps alone as we sit and reflect in, our, in the quiet of our home, perhaps with our family members, with our husband or wife or our children or maybe our extended family, maybe with a few close friends. But with whomever we are celebrating this Christmas, remember that the presence of Jesus Christ is the greatest present of all. Because of that presence, you and I look forward to this day as a day of joy, a day of life, a day of truth, a day of love. We look forward to tomorrow, whatever it might bring, with anticipation. We're not slaves to anything, not slaves to fear, not slaves to death, not slaves to sin. We are free. And when the Spirit of God, when the, the, Son of Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, sets us free, we are free indeed. My prayer for you today is that you will receive the presence of Jesus Christ if you never have before as your Savior and Lord, meaning that He becomes the master of your life, the owner of your life, and that you are redeemed, freed from sin and death by simply trusting Him, uh, repenting of your sins, turning away, and receiving the new life. Or if you've already done that, 
if you will just simply receive His presence by the power of His Holy Spirit so that as you go about this day, um, you will live a life that is the life you were always intended to live. And as we look forward to tomorrow, we'll look forward to it with anticipation, with hope, and we'll look forward to it as free people, freed from sin, freed from death, and freed from fear. Let's pray together as we celebrate that great presence that came from the greatest Christmas present of all, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you today for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that he was willing to empty himself to become a human being for our benefit and for our salvation. Today, O oh God, we ask that you would fill us anew with your Holy Spirit, that we might live in your joy and your grace and your goodness and your love. God, we thank you for the opportunity to share your truth with each other, to share your fellowship with each other. And I pray today, God, that as we remember Jesus' birth, that we will celebrate it by living out his presence, not only today, but every day you give us until one day we see you face to face and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter the joy of your master's kingdom. For this we give you all the praise and thanksgiving and pray that you will be glorified in all that we are and do. In Jesus' name, amen.